In the name of the glorious Trinity, Father and Son and Holy Spirit, forever. Amen. Glory be to the everlasting mercies which sent you to us, O Christ, the light of the world and the life of all. Give us wisdom by your law and enlighten our impulses by your knowledge. Sanctify our souls by your truth and grant that we may be obedient to your words and may fulfill your commandments at every hour. O you who enlightens the rational with the knowledge of your greatness, do enlighten, O my Lord, our thoughts, that we may meditate upon your holy and divine scriptures at all times, O Lord of all, Father and Son and Holy Spirit forever. Amen. Double-Edged Sword, a Christian podcast ministry presented by Father Gennard Lazar. Father Gennard is a parish priest of the Mud-Edda Parish of the Assyrian Church of the East in Turlock, California. Here's Father Gennard. In the Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, according to the preaching or proclamation of St. John, the evangelist, or the disciple, the apostle, chapter 15, verse 4, Jesus instructs, Abide in me and I in you. See, the invitation is for you and I. The onus is first placed upon you and I. He who desires to follow me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Because we have free will. God is a loving God. Wants us to come to him in our love, our will, our desire. The word abide in that verse in the Aramaic language is kawau, kawau bi. And kaw or qwa is a root word for makweta, firm, hardened. So the word qawaw in Aramaic is translated as to be established, to be firm, to be hardened in Christ, and he will be also established and firm and hardened in us. And this comes through a life that is dedicated to obedience to Christ, that is, living in in Christ, living for Christ, living with Christ, by Christ. In the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 16, verse 16, we read, He that believes, Jesus says, He that believes and is baptized lives. Translated in the uh, English version, it will be saved. But the word is lives, that is lives in Christ. But he that, that does not believe is condemned. So in John chapter 15, verse 4, in its entirety, Jesus says, Abide, kawaw, be firm, established, hardened in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot yield fruits, now he gives us an illustration, as the branch cannot yield fruits of itself unless it abides in the vine, so also neither can you unless you abide in me, because he is the vine and we are the branches. And he tells this to his disciples. And he continues in verse 5 of chapter 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, he yields much fruit, for without me you cannot do anything. Amen to that. Abide, the word abide appears quite many times in the Gospel of John. Now the consequence of not doing this, not living 
and being obedient and fulfilling John chapter 15 verses 4 and 5, the consequence is in the following verse 6. And if a man abides, there's the word again, established, firm, hardened, not in me, he is cast forth as a withered branch and they gather it up and cast it into the fire to be burned. So how do we abide in Christ? And the title of this episode is Means Through Which We Abide in Christ. How do we abide in Christ? First and foremost is faith. Amen. Just as the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, the beginning of the fear of the Lord, we can conclude, is faith. That is being established, being firm and hardened in faith. Mark chapter 16, 16 begins with, Jesus begins with, he who believes, not just has an understanding and a knowledge and agrees and um, confines, but believes. Believe in what? Believe in who? Well, we proclaim this in every service except funeral services. Believe in one God Almighty, one God, beloved, one Believe in one God Almighty, maker of all things visible and invisible. Believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, begotten begotten from the Father before all creations and not made. That true God, he is true God of true God of one essence with the Father, born from the Virgin Mary, suffered, crucified, died, was buried and rose and shall return to judge the dead and the living. Believe in one Holy Spirit, one holy life-giving Spirit. That is the spirit of truth that proceeds from the Father. Believe in one holy and apostolic and Catholic with a small c, meaning universal, complete church. That is the faith that we have been called to. Now some will say that, yes, amen, Rabbi, amen to that. That is basically sufficient to gain eternal life or be saved. You can now close your program with a prayer. No. See, those who are of this understanding, are forgetting that that, what I've been speaking about until now, is only faith, faith alone. And St. James is quite clear about faith alone. See, I have to stress the word alone, achchi. I'm not, stre- I'm not emphasizing the word faith, I'm emphasizing the word alone, only, achchi, faith. St. James writes in chapter 2, verse 14, What is the use, my brethren, if a man say, I have faith, and he has no works? Can his faith vivify him, give him life? And in verse 17, he concludes, Faith that has no works is dead, being alone. Meaning, let me reword that. Faith alone that does not possess works is dead. So to live a faithful life, our faith must be alive and active. Hence, to abide in Christ, who we have believed and accepted as our Lord and our Savior, and have been buried in his death through baptism, Romans 6, 3-4, St. Paul writes, Are you unaware that we who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death, meaning we will die, We were indeed buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might live in newness of life. So being such faithful Christians, 
our faith needs to be justified, backed by our deeds. So now there is faith followed by baptism. Now we have faith, or you have faith, and you've been baptized. That is, one faith, Ephesians 4, 5, one faith in the one Lord in whom we were baptized with one baptism. However, beloved, now you may say that is, that's also abiding in Christ. There it is. Second part of the program you can now close off in prayer. Wait, there's more. We read in the scriptures, there is one specific way by which Jesus actually mentions and instructs that we abide in him. And that through this deed, act, we abide through him. So you, you will not find in the scriptures where Jesus says, when you are baptized, you abide in me. Or if you have faith, you abide in me. But Jesus goes on to say in John chapter 6, verse 56, and this the church believes, practices, preaches, encourages, and teaches the faithful to be very alive and active in. John chapter 6, verse 56. Whoever eats my body and drinks my blood abides in me. Let me go back to the beginning of the program. Abide in me, John 15, 4. Abide in me and I in you. So when we eat the body and drink the blood of Christ, we abide in him and he in us. So there is the process. There is the deed there is the act. John 6.56. Let me read it again. Whoever eats my body and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Okay? Yes, I'm going back and forth because I want to make this point very clear. John chapter 15 verse 4. Abide in me. That means be established, be firm, be hardened in me and I in you. How do we do that? Whoever eats the body and drinks his blood abides in me. is established in him and he in us. And we read in the scriptures that he's a body Jesus associates with bread. John chapter 6, verse 51. I encourage you to read John chapter 6. I am the living bread. There it is, the bread. He who came down from heaven, and if a man will eat from this bread, he will live for eternity. He starts talking about a bread, and people need to eat this bread. He will live for eternity. And the bread that I shall give is, not as a symbol, not as a replica, no, no, is my body. So the bread is associated with his body. First he's talking about his body. And if we, if, if we eat his body and drink his blood, we abide in him and he abides in us. He is established in us. He is, he is firm in us. Now he's telling us that that bread that he's talking about in John chapter 6, verse 56, is his body that, is, that he, or he goes on to say, that I give for the sake of the life of the, word, the world. Prior to this in verse 50, he says, this is the bread that came down from heaven that a man may eat of it and he shall not die. So he's talking about a bread and the bread is his body. And keep that in mind that the bread is his body. But surely the question is raised, we do not need to eat. There's no physical eating, believing, accepting, uh, obeying or abiding. 
Well, in verse 55, Jesus makes it very clear. And we're talking about means by which we can abide in Jesus and he, he in us. And what is specifically mentioned by Jesus Christ? In verse 55, John chapter 6, verse 55, Jesus continues, For my flesh, which means my body, is meat indeed. Some translations say, is food indeed. Meaning it's something that you will eat. And my blood is drink indeed. You know, it was at this point some of his disciples walked away and said, his words are very, very difficult. Who is going to eat his body? That's when he turns around to the disciples also. He says, do you all want to leave? Pagdun, please, go ahead. I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to change what comes out of my mouth is confirmed and works because he is God, praise be to his name. And then Simon says, where are we going to go, Lord? Where are we going to find living words that come out of your mouth? I'm paraphrasing. It was at this point when he says, for my flesh is meat or my body is indeed food and my blood is indeed drink. So, beloved, there is a bread that is associated and has fellowship with the body of Jesus Christ and is actually the body of Christ, is actually, John 6, 51. And by eating this bread, we abide in him and he in us. So where is this bread? Where do we see Jesus actually reveal this bread? bread that is associated with his body that we must eat in order for us to abide in him and he to abide in us. Yes, yes, amen. Let's go back to the mystical supper, not the last supper. If it was the last supper, there would be no more suppers performed, offered. It's the mystical supper. That's why we call it the mysteries, Raza. John 26, 26 to 30. Or is it Matthew 26, 26 to 30? But as they ate, Jesus took bread. There it is. There is the bread that he was constantly talking. He actually physically took bread and blessed and broke. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, take, eat, not swallow, eat, which constitutes chewing. Take, eat. This is my body. And he took a cup and he gave thanks and he gave to them and he said, Take, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood for the new covenant, which is shed in exchange for the many for the release of sins. But I say to you that I shall not drink again from this fruit of wine until the day in which I shall drink it with you new in the kingdom of my father. And they sang praises and they went out to Mount Olives. Just a side note. Do you notice after they, Jesus concluded the mystical supper, what do they do? They sing praises. So for those who leave immediately after receiving the mystical supper or the holy mysteries, the Qurban Qadisha, and head straight out to the door, and before getting to the door, they tap their pockets and pull out their cigarettes because they're dying for that cigarette. Well, what happened to the praise that you need to sing? That's why we return to back to our seats. Our, our church fathers write that those who take the holy host and leave immediately are likened to Judas, who took the bread and left, didn't remain to sing that praise. That's why we return back to our seats 
and continue in thanksgiving not talk about uh, what the game is going to be on and are the 49ers going to win and oh, i can't wait um the eagles are playing and uh, i'm not too familiar with them, i'm not too versed with the sports no you return back to your seat and you give thanks to god i'm going to read the prayer of thanksgiving in luke chapter 22 verse 19 jesus says do this in remembrance of me so what he did in the mystical supper we showed us the he showed us the bread he revealed to us the bread that is his body that we must eat and drink of the cup as well so that we may abide in him and in luke chapter 22 verse 19 he commands you need to do this in my remembrance that's why in the book of acts the apostles and the church would come together on the first day of the week sunday Shabbat for the breaking not of the bread of the eucharistia of the eucharist and they would devote themselves to the teachings of the apostles and again of this bread that is the body of jesus christ saint paul writes in 1 corinthians verses 1 corinthians 11 verses 17 to 23 whoever therefore eats of the bread of the lord god and drinks from his cup and is unworthy of it is guilty for the blood of the lord so what is this bread they were eating if not the body of christ they were guilty for the blood of lord the lord and for his body because of this let a man search his soul and then eat of this bread and drink from this cup for whoever eats and drinks from it being unworthy this is not just ordinary bread beloved this is not just a symbol it is the body through which we can remain in christ for whoever eats and drinks from it being unworthy eats and drinks a guilty verdict into his soul for not distinguishing the body of the lord because of this many among you are ill and sickly and many are asleep meaning they died what was this bread they were eating that was killing them because they were unworthy for if we would judge ourselves we would not be judged but when we are judged by our lord we are chastised so that we would not be condemned with the word the uh, world the blessed Theoph theophylact look at what he writes in his commentaries i will give my flesh we comprehend that the son has a free and independent will and authority when he says i will give you this flesh i will give you this bread note carefully that the bread which we eat in the sacrament of communion is neither figure nor symbol of the lord's flesh it is the lord's flesh christ did not say the bread that i will give you is a figure of my flesh but is my flesh in a manner beyond explanation mysteriously mystically and spiritually in 1 corinthians chapter 10 verses 14 to 17 paul continues about this the cup listen to this very carefully the cup of thanksgiving that we bless is it not the partaking of the presence of the blood of the messiah or christ and is not our breaking of bread the sharing in the presence of the body of the messiah just as that is one bread and thus we are all one body the church for we all receive from that which is one bread the bread that is associated with the body of christ that we need to eat and the cup that is associated with his blood that we need to drink to abide in jesus christ and he abides in us so 
faith in the one Lord, one baptism into the death and resurrection of the one Lord, and partaking in the one bread and cup, which is the body of our Lord, is what we need to abide in Jesus Christ and for him to abide in us. Please do not think for one minute that I am voiding, praying, reading the Holy Scriptures, fasting, almsgiving, and you know our Christian obliga- daily Christian obligations. No. But what I'm emphasizing is Jesus specifically spoke about one thing that we need to be partakers of is his body and his blood in order for us to remain in him and he remain in us. Again, John chapter 15, verse 4, abide, that means be established, be firm, be hardened in me, and I in you. And then he goes on to say, he who eats the body and drinks the blood. Let me close off with this prayer. And I pray that this this episode, for those who, um, you know, uh, who take coming to church and attending church and to partake in the Holy Eucharist for the remission of sins, take very lightly. You know, some think that when the church is um, announcing and proclaiming that we need to attend the church service, and in particular the mystical supper and the, the, the mysteries of the, uh, you know, the, the celebration of the divine liturgy of the mysteries of the Holy Qurbana, it is not just so there are numbers. It's not a numbers game. It's not because I haven't seen you and I miss you. I want to see you to fill that chair. No, it's so that you may first enter the church, which is the body of Christ. Thank God for allowing you and giving you the opportunity to come into the church so that you can draw near to him and we can you know, uh, offer our repentances and our, our um, um, confession and you know, our grief over our sins so that we can partake in the service of the thanksgiving service which we thank christ for what he has given us as a as a physician that does not use medicine that he's going to um you know direct us to that one medicine that fiery medicine which is the body and blood of christ that you may be absolved by the church that has the power to absolve through jesus christ and that you may be made worthy to partake in his all sanctifying body and blood for the remission of sins and to remain in him and he in us remember i think i mentioned once i i drew the analogy of a husband and wife who have a who have an intimate relationship together because they are one body they are permitted to have that intimate relationship together. That is why the 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 wedding br- bl- wedding bed is blessed, is purified, as Saint Paul writes. It's the same thing between us being the church, the bride of the heavenly bridegroom, Jesus Christ. We come every week, every first day of the week, and we have that spiritual, that spiritual intimate relationship through the partaking of the Holy Eucharist. He abides in us, or we abide in him, and he abides in us. Let us close with this prayer that the deacon proclaims after everyone has consumed and has partaking in the Holy Eucharist. He proclaims, Let us all, therefore, who by the gift of grace It's only by the grace of God and the gift of the grace of the Holy Spirit have drawn near and have been made worthy and have participated in the reception of these glorious, holy, life-giving and divine mysteries. Let us all give thanks with one accord and glorify God, their giver 
and we all reply, Glory be to Christ for his unspeakable gifts. Amen. All praise, glory, honor, worship, confession be to our Lord Jesus Christ, now and at all times and forever and ever. Amen. One last thing, please also don't forget to rate and review this podcast and share with your friends and family. If you'd like to suggest future episodes or give us detailed feedback, please visit the link in the description or on our Instagram, linktr.ee forward slash double edged sword. God bless you all.